and welcome everyone to another fine, crystal clear, 100% quality edition of Dungeons and Diapers. I am Crofton Steers, the host of this week's episode. With me is my co-host who is with me every episode. Actually, and you are not going to believe this, this is not one of those podcasts where we have just people, randos off the street, just walk in, co-host. Not like the gamers in and these other shows where they bring in yahoos every second day. This is like the OG twosome the whole way through. I'm talking about me, Crofton Sears again, and of course, Ryan Murphy. Welcome, Ryan. Thank you. Uh, I mean, we've had guests on this show before. I think we've had... Never. No. One. No, we have never had a guest. Yeah, I mean, that's rude. I mean, you remember when Jordan was on and we talked about Star Wars after talking to a lot about Star Wars and then, I mean, we're going to do that again tonight. I don't think I've ever talked about Star Wars and definitely won't be doing it this episode. Um, <laughs> oh. How are you doing? I, You know what? I'm, I'm, uh, you know, all right. Like, it's one of those things where summer's here, like summer is officially hit. Today was, as of this recording, first day of no school, so... It's true. Uh, did you do anything? Uh, oh, God. We didn't. I swear I did not talk to Crofton about this ahead of time, but uh, we sw- <laughs> we went to the neighbor's house and went swimming in their pool. Damn it. <laughs> Why not? I mean, seriously, kids love pools. Makes for makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Uh, it's an in-ground pool. For the first time... <laughs> If you're a first-time listener to this podcast, you might be like, "What's so funny about that?" Yeah, people love swim. People love swimming in pools, and kids love swimming in pools. And I would say to you, new listener, you're absolutely right. You may want to go back and listen to say episode I don't know number one, and probably every episode thereafter uh, to get some context here. But let me just say that I would love to feign indignation and surprise, but I'm just going to stew and. Contented satisfaction. Uh, Ryan, I took my children. So you thought I, you know, I'm tired because you thought I was just going to, like, I, normal Crofton, I would be all over this and I would be laughing hysterically and I would be making fun of you to no end. Just know that, that my intention is still there. I just don't have it in me. Okay. Uh, the, uh, the, we took Gwen, uh, who finished the second grade. Yay, Gwen. We, we took her to, uh, we went to a toy store and had her and her sister got to choose out a little toy each. Uh, and then we went to McDonald's and we ate McDonald's and my tummy is now upset, Ryan. Yeah. McDonald's will do that. Um, I mean, that's a that's a really uh, nice. Is that sort of a tradition for you guys to, to go and pick out a toy after graduation? Apparently. Um, it, uh, Jesse's like, we did this last year. I'm like, really? Gwen remembered. I'm like, oh, okay, well. So it is now a tradition, yes, uh, that we we go and pick out a toy. And uh, what's so funny is we go to the toy store, right? And, like, I, you know, in my mind, there are limits, right, to what – like, Gwen, Gwen can't come with an entire, like, you know, Paw Patrol t- – Super Paw Patroller, $700, like, Super Adventure Bay recreation kit or whatever. And I'm going to I'm gonna say, no, you can't get that, right? Obviously, I have limits 
to what and Jesse and my limits are are different. Uh, but but my kids are like, I don't know what they never come with something really expensive. They'll be like, can I get this? And I'm like, yeah, sure. That's perfectly reasonable. Gwen wants these sort of model animals. Like there's this, there's this European company that makes like sort of replica animals, like for a farm. And it's not like toys as much as I don't even know how to describe them, but, but, but uh, she wanted a few of those animals. So that's all we got her. And Clara uh, wanted like a, a stuffy and something else. Like, I mean, it really wasn't, wasn't that bad. And they could have, they could have chosen anything, you know, like I'm just, I'm surprised at how they haven't, they haven't figured out how to milk the system yet. They're just, they're just too young and naive. They'll get there. I think. Uh, I think what we're what we're ended up doing, and we haven't gone out yet, but th- we did give them cards for uh, finishing up the school year, and they got twenty bucks in in each card. Uh, I think Caden Caden got thirty because he graduated kindergarten, uh, but uh, and and Abby obviously graduated JK. Uh, I, I it was not my idea. Um, honestly, it was Ashley's idea to give them different amounts, but the logic being. Caden had graduated from kindergarten, which I don't know if that's a big deal for uh, where where you grew up, but um, I guess there's like kindergarten graduations. Caden didn't have one, so we wanted to give him yeah. a little something extra. I remember when I was a kid, I don't remember my kindergarten graduation, but I remember having, I remember that there was one. Plus, I hear grad- kindergarten graduation rates in Peterborough or through the toilet. Like people, <laughs> people go back to for for their kindergarten degree when they're adults. It, 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 you know, like uh, so, it is a you know, you never stop learning, Ryan. No, of course not. So we we did. Uh, I guess we set a we set a limit, and we also said to the kids we haven't gone out yet because we said to the kids whatever you get for the weekend because we have family coming up this weekend, uh, both sides. So sometimes they'll do a card with some money. So we said to the kids, once that those funds come in, you guys can go to the toy store and we're not going to make the mistake of going to uh, like, there is one dedicated toy store. It's not Toys R Us. It's like, I think it's called masterminds and everything in there is just crazy expensive and there's not a lot of selection. So, but we're not doing dollar store because dollar store is always, whatever you buy there is falls apart in the van on the way home. So we had really good luck with just going to like Walmart and have them go down the, the toy aisles that are there. And, you know, they, yeah, yeah, just easier to go. If you have an Indigo near you, they, they often have good toy sections too. We're checking out. Right. Yeah. Like I know we have a chapters, but chapters Indigo. Yeah. Same deal. They generally have good toy sections and there's a certain level of whimsy uh, that uh, you know that's that's what I want in my toy stores. I want whimsy, and no offense, like I, I I agree that that Walmart, even Toys R Us, which is like a big you know like a big toy store, you go in there, it's like giant shelves full of toys, but there's just it just lacks that whim whimsy. And we used to have this chain in Ottawa, long time chain called Mrs. Tiggy Winkles. Um, and Mrs. Tiggy Winkles is like, I mean, it traded on whimsy. Like it was the, it was amazing. Now the problem obviously is you pay for whimsy. So you go in there and you buy your Thomas, the tank engine, whatever for 25% more than you'd get it for on Amazon or something. So everybody bought it on Amazon. They would be like, let's go in the store. Oh, that's, you want that tank engine? Oh, it's so cute. We'll buy it later on Amazon. Um, and, uh, so of course the stores all went out of business during the COVID pandemic, uh, which broke our hearts, but, 
Uh, I definitely, that's one thing I, I kind of I miss. I, I like, I want to be able to take my kids and walk around the toy store and it feel like, oh, this is magical, you know? Like that toy store in Home Alone 2 that supposedly actually exists. This is before your time, Ryan. No, I'm an old man. It was before my time, but I I did see see that film. Um, you know, you're right. Uh, Walmart does certainly does not have that that whimsy. Um, <laughs> and I and I totally understand what you're saying um, when when you say whimsy over and over again in in such a fashion. I think Masterminds has that at least the one in town. Like Toys R Us's to me was like the Walmart of toy stores. It was just this huge store, and I know I know I I talk as if they're gone. Um, just where I grew up, there was one here in Peterborough. There isn't, um, and they are certainly not opening new ones. But the Canadian stores survived the the great Toys R Us closure in the U.S. Uh, but Masterminds is pretty good. Like it's it's kind of like it's a single open building concept with there's no aisles. So I think Masterminds has the whimsy, but it has the price tag that comes with it, uh, and like. $80 marshmallow pillows in there and it's in their front and center. And it's just, it's a lot, uh, for, for little kids like that. Um, but I don't know, like, yeah, yeah, you're right. The whimsy, maybe, I, maybe we have to reevaluate our, our whimsy intake and, and take a look at maybe heading back to whim, uh, whimsy, heading back to masterminds. Well, man, you know, maybe it depends how much you value that the experience of like you guys are giving your kids money and letting them choose. And so there is a whole experience there. Right. Uh, and uh, for them to have. So, it, you know, it's it, it. I don't know. I, I just personally like like the whimsy. And I do remember that like the last time that uh, like I, when. Uh, when we Gwen did choose a, a toy at graduation from kindergarten, I think, and Miss Tiggy Winkles was open, and it was always it's much more fun. Like, because also the Miss Tiggy Winkles was down the street from her school, so we would walk down. Well, let's walk down, and we'll we'll go in and stuff, and uh, and, and yeah. So it's just uh, yeah, times they be a changing Ryan. Um, speaking of changing times, I just I did again like as I've been doing on the show lately. I did want to provide uh, just a brief update on my family health situation. For those who have been following, they know that I've, we, my wife has been going through some stuff. Um, I just will say that, like, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be mindful of her personal health, privacy, and that sort of thing. So I don't want to, so I don't, don't want to go into it in too, too much granularity. But I just do want to say that, like, um, because in it. it it, you know, there were stories that come out of it and, and uh, I got a taste of being a single parent for a while because um, my, my wife uh, had an, um, uh, an intolerance to the medication that she was taking. It's not an allergy. It happened after like a month of taking the medication uh, that she was taking for this the condition that she was facing and that she, she started to develop like this full body rash uh, and started to get dizzy and I had to take her to the emergency room and it was all very scary. Um, and then she got uh, kept in the hospital for quite some time, like over a week she was uh, in, in the hospital and there were multiple medical teams looking at, looking at her, at derm, you know, dermatology, neurology, all these different departments, ologies, no geography, but you get the idea. Um, and, uh, and meanwhile, like, you know, I'm home with the kids where we, my wife is not, she doesn't travel that 
that often. She just go out on trips very often. I don't think they've ever not had her around for like 24 hours, much less the duration of the week. Um, and we were able to eventually visit her in the hospital. Um, and that was good. Um, and, uh, I, I mean, it was, she was finding it, you know, really difficult being there and, and, uh, being away from the family and, and as well as everything that she was going through, but, you know, long story short, as they say, uh, she was, she's back home, uh, after about a week in the hospital and doing, uh, great on a, a different type of medication and, uh, we're, you know, feeling pretty positive and starting to plan summer vacations and things are seemingly uh, back to normal. But for um, a week there and and why we bumped our last recording, uh, you know, I was just, I could not keep my head above water. You know, I was doing everything and, and, you know, I'm just not used to, I know some parents, that's their, that's their day, like handling two kids doing all the drop-offs, all the lunches, not getting any breaks or what have you. Um, but, but, uh, and to make matters worse, I'm leaving out a point. Clara got really sick too, like un, un, unrelated. She got a flu and was like daycare. She was home from daycare for the most, most of the week that my wife was in the hospital. So it was just a, a complete mess of a week. Uh, but now like she's been out for almost two weeks now. And um, as I said, doing really well. So, I mean, uh, I, I've received some good wishes from, from listeners. And I really do appreciate, appreciate that. Uh, I've gotten some, like my, my team at work did this entire care package. They all made meals for us and sent them over. And, and a colleague even sent me a Dairy Queen gift certificate, which I very much appreciated. Um, so, uh, so people have been looking out and it's been, that's been the silver lining. It's kind of, kind of warmed the heart a little bit, knowing that, uh, that, that people have your back, but at the same point, it, it has been a, it has been a tough go Ryan into the summer. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that all that happened for sure. And, uh, it it's not easy. It's definitely not easy, and I'm and I'm glad everything's uh you know somewhat you know back to a, a normal schedule and and uh, Jess is is home from hospital and settling back in and um it's good that it's good that this week has returned to a to a bit of normal. Although I know you're feeling tired tonight, but probably just due to the fact that uh, it had been such a busy couple of weeks uh, for you and the family. So yeah, and I was off work and I returned to work this week, and it was just. It was very busy, uh, like, you know, catching up and all of this. But, no, I, I appreciate all that. I also really appreciate the listeners for allowing me the catharsis of um, uh, of ranting or sharing uh, uh, on the show. Because I know it's like you listen to a show, you want to feel good. Hey, what's going on with these crazy kooky guys, the guy who buries his pool and the guy who calls him on it. Uh, but, but uh, you know, sometimes shit happens and, and you know, this this – place provides uh, an avenue for us to talk about it so i you know i i appreciate it i appreciate everyone bearing with me and for those who didn't and found the fast forward button i appreciate you as well because uh you will listen to what we are going to talk about next which is the dungeons um and that is all the fun stuff we're doing and in my case some of the stuff that was helping me survive over the the, the past little while I think like I I don't even know if I I mentioned this Ryan but we talked a lot about stranger things last time and um I I guess probably I wasn't done 
like tomorrow uh, is going to be the release of the final two episodes of the season. But um, probably I wasn't done at the time. But when when Jess went into the hospital, we were still uh, watching Stranger Things. And like uh, one thing that I did, and this is like just kind of a neat thing. The, the the era that we live in, you know, with the the uh, tablets and all of this, like she had Wi-Fi in the hotel. She could, uh, I loaded up an iPad full of shows and I brought it, like I brought it in for her, right? Like of different entertainment stuff, um, including Stranger Things. But she, it turns out she could stream uh, shows as well. So she can just like watch Netflix on her iPad in the hospital, which is pretty good. So like, you know, she's there at night and it's, you know, it's pretty boring and and, and and quiet and whatever. And so I'd send her a message and I'm like, let's watch Stranger Things and we'll just, you know, time it and hit play at the same time and, and send messages back and forth. And so we did, we watched the, the last two, oh yeah, the last two or three episodes of the season while she was in the hospital, I'm like on the couch in the basement, she's there and we're sending, you know, messages back, back and forth. And uh, it's just cool. Like the technology allows us to do that, you know, uh, used to be you'd go to the hospital or you go somewhere, you'd be kind of isolated from your friends and family. But I'm like, if you were here, what would we be doing? We'd be watching the show right now. Well, there's no reason we both can't do it, you know, as well uh, with, with, uh, and so, yeah, anyway, it's just, just uh, neat, neat stuff. So I'm caught up on stranger things and we're both now we have like, when, when something like that happens, you have like an emotional, uh, investment in it. Now we re will remember it as this, this sh show that kind of kept her spirits up when she was in the, uh, when in the hospital, you know, so we'll have a fonder memory of it. So we're lo really looking forward to the last two episodes, uh, releasing tomorrow. Is it just the last two episodes? Like I know it's part two, but is it two episodes or? It is. It's two episodes, but it's like uh, you know uh, the joke, ha ha ha, the super long running times. But the last episode is two hours and a half, which is like longer than the Dark Knight or something. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, like if you broke it down into forty-five minute chunks, let's say, you know, you you would you would probably get like five or six episodes out of it. But it's it's. I think it's the two longest episodes of the season back to back or whatever uh, to, to close it out. So, uh, but that said, like, I know this is a point where you and I have differed on, but like uh, talking offline and, and even in the last episode, I just, I never found the episodes long. They just fly by for me and like they're over and I'm like, Oh man, I can't believe that was, you know, an hour plus or whatever. So there's just so many characters and so much going on that it never, it never, I, I, I never found it. It ever slowed down. I was never checking my watch. No, I mean, we, we weren't checking our watch. It was, it was uh, not because of the show, like the show's runtime. It's not the show's fault. It's definitely when Ashley and I sit down to watch TV, you know, it's uh, we've gotten the kids down. It's like eight, eight, eight thirty, sometimes nine o'clock. And it's like, Oh, let's watch a show. And then we're zonked by 10 o'clock. Got to get the kids at 1030 so that they can go to the bathroom. And, you know, they're up at 536 o'clock the next day, whether it's a Saturday or a Wednesday. So we often are in bed shortly after 1030. So it doesn't leave a lot of time to watch a two hour episode of, of Stranger. That's a that's a that's an us problem, not a Stranger Things problem, because I agree with you. The pacing, it's not like they've legitimately stuck together five episodes into one and combined it into one um but the way ashley and i have just been doing it and we are 
we are on the final episode. We're about a third of the way through, and uh, which is kind of perfect timing because, as you said, it, it returns tomorrow. So we'll be able to just continue right through. I'm sure there's a huge cliffhanger ending uh, on this last episode of part one. Um, although it couldn't have been that crazy because usually the internet for at least a good week tries to spoil, uh, like you can't go to, if you're watching a TV show and you're like a day behind, you just can't go to IGN or other entertainment websites like that the day that that stuff airs. And you have to basically avoid it for a week. Cause it's like above the fold type content of like, here's all the questions we have and here's the reason this person showed up and here's the reason this happened. And it's like right in the article headlines. Um, but we, so when we're watching these episodes, we will often say like, okay, it's getting close to bedtime. We got to take care of, you know, the kids and, and get to bed. Cause we're going to be up at God knows what, what hour in the morning. Uh, let's just stop it after the scene. And I think this goes back to the pacing of the episodes of stranger things. And that like, we can we can kind of be the directors of the episode and be like, oh, this is a good the scene's over. It's usually like, you know, they're jumping between, you know, Alaska slash Russia and California, Utah and, and Hawkins. And it's like, OK, we can safely end it at the end of this segment because they're going to move from Hawkins to California or something, you know, and focus on a whole different set of characters. And it feels good to kind of like feels like a good spot to end it not like you're ending it mid-scene you're like okay what did we where did we leave off what's going on so it's worked i find like every season there's a character there's characters that have shittier story arcs and uh those characters are always jonathan i'm just kidding sorry jonathan (laughs) um but uh but but um i i feel like this this season the california crew really needs a, a a, a big final two episodes because every, you know, they've been they, when, when it goes to them, I'm always like, okay, yeah, this is where I could take a break. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's there. There's a lot of characters on those shows right now. Like it's, it's getting uh, for sure uh, difficult, difficult to manage. Uh, Ryan, in terms of TV, um, I finally got around to watching the first few episodes of the Obi-Wan show. Have you been watching that? Yeah. So I've wrapped up Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, hello there. That's, you know, that's that was the thing you should have tried to start it with, but that's okay. The internet uh, will provide on that front. Um, I, I, I finished it. And I mean, this is going to this, this is going to be a familiar conversation that we've had before. I think uh, the last time we had it was Book of Boba Fett. And it goes back to the internet. And I'm not going to say the Star Wars fan. I'm going to say the internet, at least like people reacting to the show and, and some folks that I, that I follow as well, reacting to the show and being like, ah, oh, it's not, it's not as good as it could be or, you know, whatever. And it's like, I, I guess where I'm coming from on the Obi-Wan show is I really enjoyed it. I love Ewan McGregor. I think that period of time in Star Wars, which is, both interesting and unexplored unless you've watched all of clone wars and rebel wars or whatever um i've I've not watched the animated series that 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 could be on me but um i really appreciate the movies that they have set between you know the prequel trilogy and and the 70s trilogy um so i that being said i enjoyed it i don't I see a repeat of like the book of Boba of like, Oh, this is not good star Wars. And I'm like, I don't know. It seems like it's pretty good star Wars to me. 
uh, like, what do you think? Like, being a, a huge Star Wars fan yourself, how do you feel about watching these first three episodes? Do you think this is good Star Wars, or do you think this is not so great Star Wars? I, I mean, I think that um, I'd love to give you an easy answer on that one. Yes, I know. That I, there's no easy answer for this. This is what I said. This is what I've been thinking, and and Mike. Uh, my friend Mike said this to me um, at one point. This was uh, around the time The Last Jedi came out or maybe there around. And he was making the point that uh, that all Star Wars that George Lucas is not involved in. So that means anything that is not the original trilogy or the prequels is fan fiction. And I I was thinking about that uh and how it is very true in many ways. Like it's not it's 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 a bunch of people who have grown up and been influenced by Star Wars and have decided they get to now play in that universe because corporations aren't going to let this sort of stuff die and they're going to you know they're going to build on it and and so forth and so on. And um I think that one of the reasons the Mandalorian was so refreshing is like, you know, there's different ways that you can, you know, write fan fiction. I, I've seen fan fiction. I'm not a big reader or of fan fiction, but if somebody writes fan fiction uh, in the world of something and writes different characters and it's like, I'm, you know, this is my Star Wars fan fiction. It's like this orphan family. They grew up on Coruscant and they scrapped to make money and, and they became bounty hunters. And then there are a team of bounty hunters and they go around. Like that's one type of fan fiction. But the uh, the type that's like, that's like, and let's, let's do it when Princess Leia, Leia is a child. And like, how did she grow up? And, and like, it's in between. And like, it'll be like, you know, uh, all the characters from the movies, except at a different time. That feels like the laziest type of fan fiction. If somebody was like, I'm going to write a story, but I can't even be bothered creating my own characters. I'm just going to use all the ones that are there already, make some of them like kids or make some of them like, but, but, and, and fill in some blanks and maybe create some storyline for why things are the way they are or, or like fill in, like we don't really need much between episode three and episode four to explain why Obi-Wan is in the middle of the desert. Like they get, they give us what we need really. They're, yes. There are some lines in episode four and stuff between Vader and Obi-Wan. You're like, okay, well like they, they don't make a ton of sense, but the prequels were made much later. So I guess my thing is that I admire the craftsmanship of it. You, Ewan McGregor is doing a great job so far. There's been funny bits. Uh, there's been um, exciting bits in the first uh, three episodes. And whenever Vader – like Vader has made an appearance now. Uh, and it's a big – it's very much known he's in the show. It's not like I'm spoiling things. He was the casting of Hayden Christensen who I don't understand why he was needed because – Vader is just James Earl Jones. That's who they should have advertised. It's like James Earl Jones is doing his voice. I'm like, oh, that's wicked. Um, but uh, but like there was a scene with Vader uh, in particular that I that I just saw. And you know, Vader, the Vader of the end of Rogue One, uh, which uh, the Vader in this, the Vader of of Episode Four. There's a certain presence, right? Like there's a certain, and they've captured that really well. So. 
the the show is super in the first three episodes fun engaging interesting in the way that a good show is but it also feels hollow corporate and completely unnecessary so i mean that's why that's why it's like whereas the mandalorian also fan fiction but new like like it's like somebody being inspired and being like i'm gonna work in this world but tell new stories until i don't until i bring back luke you know? yeah i was but just about to it, say but 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 that's like is it that's like i mean at least in the mandalorian at the time that was like a cameo you know mm. boba and luke they were cameos they were like and i mean i i'm willing you know they it's all predicated on fan service, but yeah, the fan fiction. When when I always think about that, it's like uh, I, I hated the prequels, um, but they were made by the original creator of Star Wars, following kind of the overarching vision that he had for the series. Maybe he came up with shit to fill out the margins, um, you know, to turn like Episode One into a full movie because it was about a trade dispute or whatever, but. But at the same time, it was, you know, he's really like in his mind, he he he's filling out these blanks. And I remember when Star Wars and New Hope hit theaters, it is so funny, Ryan, because when it came out in theaters in 1977, I think it was, it starts with episode four, A New Hope, right? And that's like so ridiculous. Like, like at the time, like now it's less ridiculous. It's part of this giant series and all of this. But at the time, that was like really crazy. It's like, how the hell is this episode for? And the idea was that it was inspired from like, like the Buck Rogers serials. A lot of these things that had like multiple episodes, and they were trying to capture the fact that this was in the middle of the story. Like you were jumping in in the middle of this giant Star Wars Odyssey, and you were just like, it, it was intentional. And George Lucas, while well, he had some higher level beats envisioned of what the first three parts might have looked like, he it was never like meticulously planned until he started doing the prequels. He never really like really knew what he was doing with episode one. Like Jar Jar Binks was not in his mind when he was writing episode four, right? Like that additions were fill, filled in there, right? But but it was still the original creator. Uh, and and uh, ever since that it's no longer the original creator, um, it's lost something. However, I feel like where it loses that the most is when it's new creators playing with the original creators' toys, uh, and uh, when it's when they're playing with their own toys in in the same sandbox, it's one thing. When they're playing with new toy uh, with the existing toys, then it feels like okay, like yeah. So you know this so the Emperor's not dead at Return of the Jedi. You know he's he's actually still alive and he's got another super scheme that he all had you know it just seems like something i wrote in my notebook in seventh grade yeah i mean i'll i will give you the sequel trilogy when it comes to that sort of thought process of of, of being fan i i understand where you're coming from when you when you say when we talk about fan fiction i mean by definition it's not george lucas and and his original team uh it's it's a whole new crew but it's a crew like Dave Filoni, he did he not train alongside Lucas when he was still at Lucasfilm? Like I'm pretty sure they were pretty close. Now that's the Mandalorian first and foremost. Yeah. Uh, Book of Boba. It is not the team behind Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, I mean, uh, they're all connected in in that they all work for Lucasfilm. But I mean, 
I understand that. Um, it's just, it's, and I get it. Like, you know, you're telling a story about existing characters. So obviously anytime Obi-Wan's in danger, it's like, well, we know he's going to be fine. We know Leia is going to be fine. Um, we, we know, we know that a good majority of those characters are going to be fine unless there are new characters that they've introduced in which it's like, okay, some things could happen to those folks. Uh, but yeah, like I, I understand that. I, I think it's just you. We also there's a lot of Star Wars, just like there's a lot of Marvel going on right now. And I think that outside of like the Marvel being an interconnected story and stuff, and sometimes you have to like you feel like you have to kind of watch all of it to to understand the next part. But with Star Wars, it's like if you if you don't like Obi Wan, like you can kind of bounce off of it and be like, well, I know this. I know where this story ends. Obviously, um, I might not know the exact journey, but I know where it ends. But I I enjoyed the journey. There's some points where it's like, OK, clearly this is they just wanted to show this fight or show this encounter, uh, which I get that, too, because, again, there's a lot we can do now that we couldn't do in the 90s that we couldn't do in the 70s or or and we couldn't realize in live act or in live action, whereas we've we've maybe done some of it in, in the cartoons. But I think with Star Wars, it's a lot easier to be, okay, you know, I I don't have to watch this series. Um, That wasn't necessarily the case with everything before Obi-Wan. I feel like Obi-Wan can be like content that you don't necessarily have to watch to understand the overarching story. Like if you're if you're a fan of the prequels um, and legitimately the best parts of the prequels, which was Ewan McGregor and... um, well, Ewan McGregor, <laughs> then I think like this story is, is kind of for you. And, and, uh, they, they don't really, all the effects are there. It's all there, but I totally yeah. understand where you're coming from. A hundred percent. The craftsmanship is great. And, uh, Deborah Chow, Chow, uh, who's the, uh, showrunner, like she, she was uh, involved in the Mandalorian directed some of the best episodes of that as well. Definitely. They all know what they're doing. And Ewan McGregor, the way he channels his Obi-Wan and channeling, um, Alec Guinness's, you know, way of speaking. And it's just so funny because, you know, Ewan McGregor's been Obi-Wan on screen much, much more than, than Alec Guinness has, but yet he, he always, and will always reside in the shadow of that, that, you know, short performance. Um, I uh, what I think is interesting about Obi Wan and what like I I haven't seen the end of the the show yet and I know it ends big because all the reviews for the finale seem to be very favorable and I know you you have seen that uh, and so I look forward to like seeing it and then maybe that will color my opinion but the thing the thing is is that um, in the storytelling structure the main character um, uh, of Everything has never been Obi-Wan. So he has been the mentor figure. He was the mentor figure in the original trilogy uh, to Luke. And he was uh, the mentor figure to Anakin, who was kind of the main character in the prequel trilogy. You can make an argument that maybe he's a main char- He's the, the protagonist in episode one, but I don't think he really is. Uh, you know, he's one of several characters that, lead the drive the plot but he's not like luke is the protagonist of the the original trilogy and and anakin especially in two and three is is one of the you know is the main main character and and obi-wan is is 
slides into the mentor figure. So he doesn't go on what what as normal storytelling approach ha- has the main character going through an emotional transformative journey. Uh, like Luke is different at the end of the Star Wars series uh, trilogy, um, or even the first movie, Episode Four. He starts at a different place and ends at a different place emotionally. He transforms. That's a good story. Um, whereas Obi Wan knows all the rules to the game in that movie. Like when he gets cut down uh, and uh, you know, it's, it's in sacrifice, but he's already completed his story arc. You never see when that arc takes place though, because he comes into the film fully formed. Like he's, he knows everything he he's aware of all uh, and he serves to guide Luke through the journey. And so this series is the first time that he, it's his story Really, his story, and to the point that um, that that I find like it's mature storytelling in the sense that he's a broken man at the beginning. Like he's he's from his experiences in, at the end of episode three, he's failed. He's he he has a role, but he's sort of like fallen in himself, and he's no longer. You know he. You know he has that scene in the very first episode where another Jedi comes up to him and and does the cheesy, Obi Wan, dude, what happened to you? You used to be cool, you know, like um and uh, and and you know like uh it it, it was to ret- set the stage the fact that he he has he had changed right and uh, and and to see him like and I I haven't seen the whole series but I'm assuming. You know, it will end with him being at least where he was in episode four, like a stronger presence, a more confident presence, somebody who rediscovers some of his Jedi-ness. And I do think that there's value in that story and it's being crafted well and and all of that. Um, Again, like, I mean, it's good. It's shit. I, I just, I guess I would say it's good Star Wars to your original question. I just don't know. I don't think it's great Star Wars or at least not yet. Yeah. No, that's fine. That's totally fine. And I mean, I, I, the bit of is it good Star Wars or bad Star Wars is is kind of unfair to Star Wars and and I think the fandom because again, like, uh, I I think that like all Star Wars that is that has come out is since the prequels has been, uh, good Star Wars. Uh, maybe Rise of Skywalker. I I can again great craftsmanship but again like there's there's a lot going on in that one that's uh you know it's uh there's some problems there and th- those problems are like trying to shoehorn palpatine back in it definitely like uh um like speaking of the fan fiction of it all it makes me think more and i i i haven't had a i, I should do a rewatch of this film but it makes me think more fondly of rogue one i would i i have to watch rogue one again i haven't watched it for years but um it was one of the first like things where I was really felt something was unnecessary, you know, like where it was in concept when they were talking about it, you know, even beyond the sequel films, I was like this, what they're just doing a movie on how the Death Star plans ended up in the droid. Like, come on, that's like getting blood from the stone. But then when I saw it, I was like, wow, that was a damn good movie. That was really good. I really loved it. And, uh, it had it balanced good moments with good story, new ca- new characters, all of this sort of thing, and really uh, this this series takes place in a similar time period. And um, I can't help but think about Rogue One. Like there's there's elements that make me think of it. The st- dirty like you know they in in the second episode um, they uh, 
they pick up these they're on the back of this cart i think or is that the third it might be the third episode they're in the back of this cart on this this planet and there's these stormtroopers and they get in and their armor's all dirty like they're all like and that's that's like dirty sort stormtroopers uh is something that i associate with kind of like grittier star wars when they're like Okay, like, you know, they're not just going to be the shiny because in the original Star Wars to, to show these giant armies of uh, stormtroopers, they often use matte paintings. They did like a painting and they weren't actually people and you can't couldn't really tell like a lot of it was checks. But to, to make it work, they all had to look the same. They all had to be very white and very clean. And the, in the new films they are also very white and very clean, like the new the new uh, what is the new order or whatever they call but in the rogue ones and the obi ones, like that's where they get great. You see stormtroopers with like dirt and crap, and they're like, "Oh, they're they're really at war." You know, it, it really leans into the war part of the Star Wars. Hmm. Yeah, no, I I liked Rogue One. Uh, that was a I I like that one, and and I mean that's you know that's the next series that's going to be popping into Disney Plus. I think in August, which is the Andor. It's the prequel <laughs> to the uh, side story prequel. That, uh... It's the fan fiction of the fan fiction. I will be honest, um, like, and I know that it it went over well at the Disney event, and it's filmed a bit differently, and people are excited about it. But I have zero interest in it, and so like, that's not saying I won't watch it if the reviews start coming in and saying, "Oh, this is great Star Wars." Maybe I'll maybe I'll sign up. But like again, all of these shows, I'm not as a huge Star Wars fan. I, I'm not operating. A, under this mindset of unbridled enthusiasm, like unchecked enthusiasm for me, there has to be, you know, it's got to earn itself. Like it's got to be like, I, I want it. Why do I want to see this? Like, why do I? And, uh, and Obi-Wan, there was a curiosity factor, but not enough to watch it day one. Like I waited, we were watching stranger things. I watched all the episodes of stranger things. All the episodes of Obi-Wan were out. We still didn't watch it originally. And at one point, like the Umbrella Academy was out. And I said, do you want to start watching the Umbrella Academy or Obi-Wan? So like the fact that I, a big Star Wars fan, was actually having that conversation um, as opposed to just jumping into it goes to show that like it was not, even though there was some fan servicey stuff that was, you know, pulling my curiosity strings, it was not a, it was not a complete sell. And as you say, there's a lot of Star Wars, and the more that comes out every time, it's diminished returns, right? Unless I'm, I'm, I'm less and less there on day one. But yet, I am still more on day. I, I'm like, I'm watching Obi Wan. I watched the Book of Boba Fett. I watched the Mandalorian. Those are all the live action Star Wars. I've seen all live action Star Wars once I finish Obi Wan, like pretty much. But Marvel. I've now lost. Like I haven't watched Hawkeye. I haven't watched Miss Marvel. That's airing now. I haven't watched Min- Moon Knight. So I mean, I would say that Star Wars is still being judicious enough in the releasing of their shows that I'm still on board for the ride. You know? Yeah. Well, I think Star Wars is still catching up on. I, I don't. I maybe catching up is not the right term, but they are slowly getting to the release cadence that Marvel has. I Marvel has a new series that runs it runs weekly and then there's like a month break so like i i have been keeping up on on the marvel stuff because ashley and i watch it together star wars i have to watch on my own um but uh we're watching miss marvel it's really good Uh, you know it's all the marvel tv shows that come out uh, like 
my favorite part about the two that have come out so far in 2022 is that they're different from the other series that have come out. I mean, Hawkeye was essentially an extension of Avengers focused solely on Hawkeye. And, uh, and, uh, that was, and, and there was, there was more connective stuff there too, but like the series that I think have come out previous to Moon Knight have been, well, we need a series to bring this, these characters to this point. We need a series to bring these characters to this point, and then it'll pay off in the movies. Whereas I think what they've done with Moon Knight and, and they've done with Miss Marvel is that they're introducing a new character to the MCU, which makes those series, you know, right off the bat more interesting. And also introducing, you know, fan favorites that just haven't been put on the big screen yet. And Moon Knight, while probably going to exist where it is right now, there's no future plans for Moon Knight. But Miss Marvel, uh, she's going to be appearing in the Marvel's movie that's coming out next year. So, again, like introducing new characters, I think, is more interesting. And when you look at Hawkeye, yeah, technically they introduced some new characters. um, But it was it was another hawkeye it was very tied to avengers we've seen all that before um but i i think that's where moon knight and miss marvel really changed things up because yes these are characters that are likely going to be folded into the larger mcu universe and we're going to see them more and more but it still felt really cool to experience you know i have no experience with with moon knight or miss marvel i'm not a I'm not a comic book reader like what i know is what i've seen on the movies and, and tv so it was really cool to, to see those series. Um, but, you know, moving away from TV, you and I both played a video game not too long ago, which I guess isn't moving too far away from TV because this is very much based on the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles run in the 90s, the cartoons. Uh, but this is TMNT Shredder's Revenge, which is a six-player co-op video game that eventually we got working, Crofton. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, and I would say like 80s and 90s. 80s and uh, 90s, yeah. Yeah, so like we're talking early 90s. Uh, was the There's so much Ninja Turtles and so many shows and so much stuff, but this is heavily inspired by a Turtle Mania period at that time, which included also movies in, in the theaters, and there were nods to some of those live-action movies in the theaters in the game. But the game also was like, it's an homage to the beat em up games and there's turtles in time on the SNES that a lot of people identify with. For me, it was the Ninja Turtles arcade game that I, I would see in arcades going on trips to Florida and stuff like that. I'd be like, Oh man, it's four four player action. Uh, and it had graphics unlike anything I'd seen at that time and super awesome, like art on the side of the cabinet. And I always wanted to, uh, to play it and uh but it was quarter muncher right because the idea here is that you get your ass beat um and then you put in money to continue there wasn't a brawlers as a type there wasn't a ton of a gameplay to it and so these new homage games they've got to balance the the the, the all the nostalgia that folks like me have the the folks who played it on the SNES and the turtles in time have, and then the, the people who'd love the show and then balance all of that with, and like add to it with an actual like gameplay that makes you want to play it more than five minutes of nostalgia time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think they've done a really good job with shredders revenge in like, as you said, paying homage to those earlier titles that you know arrived in arcade on the nes on the super nes 
Um, and but also upgraded them to be, you know, you've got more characters. It's not just the turtles. You've also got April Neal. You've got Splinter, and uh, let's just say it. You also have Casey Jones. Uh, it's it's not a spoiler. You you unlock them after finishing the campaign once, which takes a couple hours. And uh, so all those characters have their own move set, their own unique strengths and weaknesses. But and I was talking about this on the Gamers In with Jocelyn. It really feels like even though the characters are all unique, if you play one, you kind of understand like the buttons and the mapping to kind of do all those moves. Like, you know that, okay, as simple as like, you know, your your light hit and heavy hit, but also some of the combos activating, um, you know, your your super jump and activating your your uh, your your dodge move like it's. Once you learn one character, you can apply that knowledge to all the others. It's just a matter of figuring out, like, okay, is this move as effective as as the others? And they really pull from the cartoons, the movies, everything, as they build these levels across um, the two-and-a-half-hour stretch. And the the fact that it's got online co-op that, again, once you get working, I've not checked in on this since we played... Um, so they might have ironed out, you know, a lot of the issues that were hap- happening. But essentially, the game is part of Game Pass on Xbox and PC. Crossplay works there beautifully because it's using a single system, which is the Xbox profiles. But you can also buy it on Steam, um, Switch, PlayStation. Switch and PlayStation are not part of Crossplay. That's not even in the equation. I don't know if they're adding it down the road, but at launch, it's, it's not there. But on Steam, they say there is crossplay, but you have to like activate your steam account linked with epic and then have your xbox account linked with epic and and we just couldn't get it working both when we played and then i played again a couple nights later with another group of friends and uh it was just if you're looking to play cross play and you have folks that want to play on pc and you have folks that want to play on, on xbox um and hey you might even have a friend that refuses to subscribe to game pass um you can just buy it on the on the PC uh, Windows Store, and, and it works really well. Uh, Crossplay with Xbox. So that being said, like when you get everyone online and you're playing, like we, I think we had four or five people playing at once. It's utter mayhem, but it's so much fun to just go through those levels as a group. It, it I had a blast. I thought it was really fun too, but it did like there there is um. There is like a charge move for power attacks, and you oh, can just yeah. seemingly uh, there's also a taunt uh, move, and that taunt move allows you to build your charge meter, right? And so you you do the taunt, you build your charge, and then you use your super move. And you can just do that ad nauseum. Now the thing is, ch- taunts. If you were playing single player, I think the idea is that you can't just taunt all the time because you're getting beat up. Like it's only, you know, in the fighter brawler games where it says, go, go, go. And they have the arrow pointing the direction that you're supposed to go. Um, Like then you can charge up, you can do your taunts and you can do whatever, but as a single player, but when you're playing five or five players or whatever, there's so much going on and there's always people beating on dudes that you can just walk to the side, do your taunt, get your charge up, pull your special while somebody's pulling their special. Somebody else is taunting and filling up their special. And it's just like, it feels when you know that about the taunt and that it builds and you're playing with multiple people, it feels essentially broken. Like the game does not work 
properly. Like you can just cheese the entire game all the way through. And granted, I was playing on story mode. It wasn't the most challenging mode or what have you, but it definitely left me with a bit of a blah taste in my mouth afterwards where I'm like, if I played that again, I would almost want to set restrictions for myself or people I'm playing with be like, well, okay, we're not going to use the taunt because otherwise it's going to mess up the game. It just feels like a a big game design error in what is otherwise a really well put together game. Yeah, that that is a good point. That taunt move and it instantly filling your, your superpower move. And then as you level up, you get more abilities to um, store more power moves. So oftentimes you'd have, you know, multiple power moves go off and then taunt, taunt. And it, it was pretty comical by the end of our play session where everybody would be like, power move, taunt, power move, taunt, and it just back and forth, back and forth. And it, it was ridiculous. And you're right, like in play testing, I'm like, they must have seen this. And they there was probably a decision like, okay, is it, like the taunt doesn't even have a cooldown. You can just spam it, you know, and same with the power moves. Um, it is... And it's it it it's one to one. You do a taunt, you get a power move. It's not like it fills it a chunk. Um, the normal ability to power up your power move is is just to you know play the game, like hit enemies, take damage, you know, defeat bosses. Um, but I I also understand wanting that taunt move there, like when you're in a boss battle um, and there's no enemies around, it's just the boss. Uh, you you want the ability to to use those power moves, but it almost feels like it was like, oh, let's just let the taunt move replenish your power move. But you're right. Like it did kind of reduce the gameplay to a very specific set of moves. And uh, it was, it was like, it was still fun, but you're right. It kind of removed a lot of like the, the fun factor. The, it, 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 it was fun in the chaos hanging out with friends way, but not in the gameplay way. Like it lost the gameplay for me uh, at one point. And that's, that's too bad. But that, that said, I will say it again, it shows to me the merit of game pass, because I think that um, I would have bought this game uh, had it not been on game pass. And um, that sounds like, Oh, missed opportunity of sale or whatever. But here's the reality. I would have been, I would have been, a little pissed about that game had I bought it on Game Pass. I have fond memories of it and I enjoy playing it and I would totally pick it up again and play it again. But if I had spent money on Game Pass, I would have felt like I needed to play it more for it to have been worth it. And uh, and then the, the things that were annoying me would really annoy me, you know, like, uh, and then I would, you know, maybe become resentful of the game. As it stands, I just had a really good time playing it with two groups of friends, had a really uh, great time with both. And um, we all we all had that nostalgia. We were all bonded by that that um, nostalgia for, for, for the turtles and stuff and, and enjoyed laughing at the goofiness uh, of it. But I just I just think like both the tech, the matchmaking that you described and the gameplay that I described could have been like, it was so like, it was so good. They got so much right. Could it just been a little bit better and would have been a big home run. I see a lot of people saying it's a favorite game they played this year. Uh, and I understand that like games like Elden Ring are not necessarily for everyone, but I just, I, I just, I have to be like, you know, this game is kind of broken. Like, I, I mean, I get that you like, I get it. It's a nice homage and it's fun to play with friends, but, but uh, unless I'm missing something and listeners who played it well more than me, you may be able to 
to say like, well, if you play in arcade mode, you're not able, you're not able to taunt at all, you know, or whatever. And I'd be like, whoops, sorry, I haven't done that yet. But uh, I, I'm sure I will get back to it. Just like if I had a, an arcade cabinet of Turtles in Time, I would be playing it all the time as well. Uh, it's funny how the format, like, like if I had an arcade, you see these arcade cabinets you can buy. Um, like mini arcade cabinets. There's a whole, you know, cottage industry for them now. Uh, and it is funny because like it, the Turtles arcade game was would be one that I would be lean towards having. But now I have this even better version of those Turtles arcade games on my home console. But because it's on my home console and it's with the, the joystick and, you know, the whole way you interact with it, it's less special. For lack of a better word, it's less special. But Tribute Games did some great work. I enjoyed it. Uh, I haven't played anything really, Ryan, like um, new. Other than that, like I, I've dabbled in Game Pass a bit, but I've been back on Elden Ring and I've just sort of hit the 100-hour mark on it. And uh, I got past some parts where I was kind of like, I don't know I, if stuck is the right word or, or if it was just I was kind of running on fumes. And I'm really back into that game. I, I'm fairly confident I'm going to finish it and see it, see it through. And I have tons of Elden Ring stories, but I'm not going to necessarily, you know, regale them all on this podcast. People are either in for that game or they're out on it. Um, it I do find it funny though, that there's like, um, you know, people are talking about the dry spell that video games are in right now. Elden Ring came out in um, February. And uh, so a lot of people have finished it and have moved on. But I just, you know, as a dad with kids and, you know, I did take a break to play Guardians of the Galaxy, but it's just, it's, you know, it's such a massive game. Like I still have a big chunk of it left and, uh, you, know, you know, like uh, it's, it's, uh, I don't feel, I'm not feeling this game drought like everyone else. Yeah. Oh, there's, uh, there's, there's so much coming out. Uh, and I wouldn't necessarily put Shredder's Revenge as like, top of the list i think it was a fun game to play with friends and um i i played with two different groups once with with you and your friends and then once with some tgi friends and uh i think that's where i i found the fun on both separate nights and i and i think you it was the second night where we were cheesing the taunt move because you were telling us that uh that John had sort of kept that in his back pocket. And and maybe that's why he did, because he figured we would all descend into no, madness. No, I did the bastard. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I the, the first night was better almost because of that, you know, like because we didn't have all the time. Move, and John was always leading the kill count at the end. I'm like, oh, John's good at this. But, of course, he had all the special uh, uh, the whole time. And then I, t- I made the mistake of telling you guys in the first level of the game, I should have pulled the John and just like rode it out for a while. And then, uh, and then it was, it was all over from there. Raphael was just spinning around, killing everyone all the time. It's true. Yeah, it was, it was chaos, but it was fun chaos, but you're right. It, uh, I think it was fun for me both nights because it was with different folks hanging out with, with different people. And uh, it was, it was a lot of fun, but yeah, like a great game pass game. Cause again, for me, I, I probably wouldn't have picked it up at launch if it weren't for game pass. Um, but uh, there's a there's like another uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle collections coming out later this year, which is legit just a collection of the original games, arcade, Super NES. I think there's a couple of Game Boy titles in there. Um, and that one's coming out. That one's from Konami, and that's a collection of Turtles games. I feel like, honestly, you know what? They messed this up because that should have come out first. It's like, it's like um, if they released Metroid 
four or whatever, or Metroid Prime Four, and they don't, and then afterwards they release the Metroid Prime Collection or something that, that includes the first three games. You you release the first one to prime people for for your new thing. You, now, now that I've played the new thing, I'm much less interested in going back to the old things. You know, like I just feel. Whereas if it didn't come out first. I would have been all over it. I, you know, it's anyway, it is what it is. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. But at least it's close together. It's like within a couple months of launch. So it's not as, it's, it's not as bad, but yeah. I, I like this episode, Ryan, because I feel like you've said you're absolutely right to me a lot of times. And I mean, any episode where you say that I'm absolutely right, I think is a good one. So I, I, I must feel like the, the, the quality of this episode or, or what I'm saying is it is solid, uh, but I'm also uh, I'm also pretty much done with my dungeon stuff, Ryan. Which may be a, a record short one uh, for us. Did you have anything you want to add before we we go down and change some diapers? Uh, no, I, I don't really have anything to add. I mean, you're absolutely right. We should get to the diapers. All right. Well, one thing I wanted to start with today is. Uh, like the, I was thinking about video games and stuff that I'm playing. And the one video game I'm probably playing the most, despite me trying to get out of playing it, is Mario Kart uh, 8 on Switch. And so Gwen is now, uh, and she's my seven year old daughter. She's really into Mario Kart 8 on Switch. In particular, like it's funny because we'll, we'll like sort of squeeze the juice out of a game mode. And then we'll move into the next game mode or the next. We got into battle for quite some time. And we would be like, there's there's this mode called Renegades Roundup where, you know, we would be Renegades or whatever, or Shine Thief. or there's, there's all these different modes and we would play all of them. And one thing that is cool is that you're able to be on the same team for a lot of them. And so instead of being against each other, we were kind of on the same team, which is great. But... At one point, some of the games are kind of broken if you're on the same team. Like, or they're super easy, or they're not, like, they, they inherently change. And Gwen realized that, like, playing Shine Thief in particular, if we're all for one, is much more fun than just playing it on teams. Um, and so so she wanted to play, you know, one-on-one. -on -one. So this was, a, we're starting to play against each other here at this point. And at the same time, we were starting to, to up the CCs in the races. We were starting to play 200 CC, which is the fastest I've ever played Mario Kart. It's like playing F-Zero. And Gwen is really good at it, okay? Like she's – for a seven-year-old, I'm just like flabbergasted uh, at how good she is. And uh, I'm good, obviously, but I'm an adult. Spoilers. Um, and uh, and so, so now we're starting to trash talk. And it is funny because, like, it's just like she doesn't, she, you know, kids, they like trash talking when they're winning, obviously, as does everyone. But when you're losing, uh, you don't. So, so like, uh, it, it changes the paradigm completely. And so I see that listeners, um, you know, when trash talking your children, you have to do it in a way that you're going to sort of preserve their feelings. So, one of my major trash talk tricks in Mario Kart uh, is that I present myself to her as the greatest Mario Kart player of all time. 
Um, and that's, that's how I always, she hates it when I say it, I'm like, uh, you know, she'll be at supper. She's like, she'll say, do you want to, do you want to play Mario Kart after supper? And I'll say, are you sure? Are you sure you want to play Mario Kart with the greatest Mario Kart player of all time? And, and, uh, she'll be like, oh, dad, don't say, oh, don't say that, you know? And, and, and then when I say I beat her in Shine Thief or in Balloon Battle or what have you, uh, she'll be like, oh, I can't, I was so close. I was so close. I'm like, you were very close. And there is no shame to being very close to the greatest Mario Kart player of all time. And I just, you know, even before I'm, I've done my sentence, she's like putting up her hand. She's like, dad, oh, stop it. Oh. But then when she's winning, it's just like, you know, she's like, I thought you were the greatest Mario Kart player of all time. Looks like I'm the greatest Mario Kart player of all time. Eat my dust. Ha ha ha. You know, like, um, and so, so she gets right into full on, uh, you know, aggressive taunting, but it's, I've only like, it's, it's funny. Cause it's like a meta game in and of it. It's a, it's a game on top of a game. Cause the trash talk is such that I want to push her buttons a bit. So that she's, so that it's funny for me. And then she laughs, but, and is a little frustrated in a comical way, but doesn't lose her mind. Um, and only once so far has she completely gone nuts and be like, Don, I hate it. You, your eyes trash talking. I hate it. You know? And, uh, and I was like, Oh no, you know, I, I, I flew too close to the sun that time. I was not. Uh, so some parents would say, don't trash talk your kids. That's not a very adult thing to do. And to those parents, I would say, you sound like a lot of fun at parties. <laughs> so anyway, that's my story, Ryan. I mean, you know what? It sounds like uh, less trash talk and healthy banter, you know? That's true. Well, it's all what you call it, Ryan. Yeah, well, I mean, when you call it trash talk, I think it, it does... It, it, yeah, you're not doing yourself any favors there. But yeah, I think banter is, is probably the best way. I mean, like, yeah, it's it, it continues to fascinate me how, uh, I mean, Kate and, and, and Abby, they're, they're at an age where they're still trying to get into video games. I think Kaden loves the idea of video games, but he every time we try to play them, he, he does struggle with it. I think he just needs more practice, and we need to find something that he really can get into. But I'm just... I love the stories of, you know, feels like Gwen's been rocking the Nintendo Switch for years now with Mario Kart, Animal Crossing, Smash Brothers, uh, all kinds of fun stuff, uh, Dragon Quest Builders. So, yeah, I, I'm. Uh, it's really awesome to hear that she's she's beating you at, at age seven. So that's great. She's gonna be a a, a pro gamer. And she's going to, you're, you're forever going to lose to her from here on out. I think, you know, what's odd in Mario Kart, what's odd is, um, she doesn't, she pretty much doesn't do sparks, you know, spark turns. Yes. Yeah. Like, which is like all I do. Like I'm like spark, spark, super sparks. Like I, like I think I'm elite player, Mm -hmm. but she'll beat me. She'll beat me like with no sparks, you know? And I know in 200 CC, traction comes into play bigger like i actually spin out sometimes just like pulling a turn too much like depending on the traction level of the player and maybe the fact that she doesn't do sparks 
is beneficial, you know, like uh, I'm not sure, but it, it it's weird to me how she can win races on 200 CC without doing any sparks. Feels like that shouldn't be possible. I don't know what she's doing, but anyway, also one thing that's funny about kids is like, I play a different character every time. I do not give a shit. If anything, I just like, I get, I just want to play all the different characters. She only plays as Toadette. That's it. Toadette's her main she will not like sometimes to, you know, as part of our trash talk, I will try to select Toadette before she can take her. Uh, and then, of course, I will let her have her out. She'll be like, Dad, I need Toadette. No. Like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, 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 you can have her. And then, but, uh, but uh, yeah, it is, it is really cool. Um, uh, it is, I'm at the point now, like, I'm a seven year old and she just finished grade two today. She can play video games and she loves playing video games with me i i had a conversation with jess today and it was funny because we were talking about how we grew up uh, we both grew up i love my parents but i never played with my parents like my parents like we you know they'd be like okay go play you know to me and my brothers or whatever i i never like it was even watching the same shows or or, or whatever as them because I feel like I don't have a lot of time to myself sometimes. And part of that is my own doing because I'm like, when I'll be like, I'm bored, dad, do you want to play Mario Kart? Or do you want to play guess who or clue? Like we're playing some board games right now. And I'm like, no, find something to do, you know? And, uh, and, and, you know, Clara is four, so she requires childcare and, and all of this, but Gwen could potentially self entertain, but is now used to doing fun stuff with me, which is great. Like I really enjoy doing it, but sometimes, you know, it means that I'm not able to reorganize the garage or do some of the things that I would want to do because I, you know, like, I'm. and, and when Jess was in the hospital uh, and, you know, like I felt really bad because Gwen got shortchanged all that because I had to do, I couldn't play Mario Kart with her. I had to do other things, you know, uh, I had to watch Clara. I had to make everybody's lunches. I had to do whatever, whatever, whatever. Right. So it is an, it is a, a luxury and a nice opportunity to be able to do that. And, uh, you know, Caden's going to get older soon and, and, and you'll be doing it, uh, in, uh, in no time. I'm almost, um, now I'm at the victim of my own success type thing with regards to going to video games, because I'm now at the point where like, I want her to do, reading and schoolwork and some of the stuff and she wants to play mario kart right so is it is what it is i would be the same if i was her yeah yeah she's she's tasted the sweet sweet freedom of video games and schoolwork and and that is the thing i think uh caden caden and abby don't really have schoolwork they're still in kindergarten um but i remember very fondly you know playing video games with my brothers we didn't we didn't play video games uh with my parents like my parents would walk in and be like oh what's this one and you know you'd have a conversation they were engaged but they weren't playing with us which is fine you know everybody has their hobbies uh but you know it's funny you mentioned tv shows like i don't think we had tv shows that overlapped either but movies were something that that overlapped for me and my parents like there's a lot of films that pop into my mind that like we all saw together movies was our thing you know we would go to the movies together we would uh rent movies together and 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 that was that was a big family uh gathering but because we had such a large there were six of us it would often be like in sort of you know um 
pods. Like it wouldn't just be, it wouldn't be all six of us. All right, let's all sit down and watch a movie. It'd be like, no, it'd be like one of my brothers and maybe my mom or, you know, my mom and dad and a couple of brothers. It was never all six of us as far as I can recall, but it was like, cause we had a, a large house and there was a couple of rooms where, you know, you could go upstairs and you could watch TV or you could play video games or you could be downstairs and watch a, watch a movie or something. So, um, yeah, I think, I think video games is, is, is on the list to get to. And I have a few friends, yourself included that, you know, talk about their kids being really into video games. And I think the biggest struggle for me is that, uh, Abby still isn't quite there. She's, she's not, she has an interest in video games, but like, it's too frustrating for her. She's, um, she hasn't quite got the controller like we can't we i need to get her a controller that will fit in her hands and same with Caden. like the, the the i think the joy cons in the in the shell thing would probably be the best for them um but uh when when izzy's around it's it's uh all bets are off like there's no there's no video game time when the, when izzy's around like she'll watch tv but she will not sit still for a video game. Um, and she is a destroyer of worlds. But yeah, video games, man. And, and and healthy banter, not trash talk. Healthy banter. So Well, you know, Ryan, uh, I would like Gwen to get outside and do more sports. And we'll hopefully do that this summer. Do you do any sports outside, Ryan? Yeah, well, I don't, but uh, my kids try to. Um, it's been an interesting three weeks, and uh, I try to remember if we talked about it on the show, but I, I believe it was just a play-by-play in our Discord chat that we have uh, left over from our event dad's event from Extra Life last year. Uh, so a quick soccer update. Abby is still refusing to play. Um, she will, like, participate in practice, but then... Uh, the game starts and she's just really not into it and kind of get her on the field for a little bit. Um, I don't know if I shared the story, but like there were some like pickles and sweet onions involved that, uh, that was the only time I've seen her play when she had that terrible, terrible snack that she made. Um, so maybe that's the trick, but she's still kind of refusing to play. She's still young. It's her first, you know, um, foray into organized sports. And there's a lot of kids. It's a busy field. Uh, but Caden loves it. He's all about it. He loves playing soccer <laughs> to the point where, um, and this didn't make him get sick, but we were at a game and he, in the morning, he didn't eat much. He said he wasn't feeling very well, but we just kind of chalked it up to like, oh, you know, long week of school and he's not feeling well as we're rushing to get ready for soccer Saturday morning. So he's mid mid play on the field and he just starts to puke, just vomit and like projectiles type stuff and <laughs> everyone and I'm, I'm laughing because like he's he's fine at the end of it but everyone around him just kind of like scatters like I, the whole thing just kind of like the game keeps going but they just kind of like avoid him as if there's this like weird invisible bubble around him as he pukes not once not twice but three times while trying to get off the field and then he pukes again uh to the side of the field and, you know, kudos to the parents who were also there. They, they brought like some some wipes and stuff to help clean him up and stuff. But but he was good to go. Like he had finished up. He sat back down and he had a drink of water and he's like, OK, so can I go back on the field? And I'm like, buddy, no, you just you just christened the field, man. You can't go back out there. 
It reminds me of those those uh, like hockey players he gets who gets like checked are clearly concussed and have a broken leg and he's like I'm alright coach I'm okay I'm good I'm good put me back in you know like I'm just put, put me back in coach and uh, and he's like he's just like he's still puking um, that's also it reminds me of those like just those video games I played this video game the soccer arcade game called Sega Soccer Slam where all the um, all the teams are like kind of these uh, these ridiculous like stereotype teams, like the Scottish team all wear kilts type thing. And I could just imagine a team of like drunken people that are just like puking all over each other as their <laughs> finishing move or whatever to get the ball. Like Caden's like, <laughs> kindergarten soccer. That's a video game made to made to sell. Uh, but yeah, poor poor guy. Um, was, was he able, like, was he done after? I'm assuming you pulled him under the game. Oh, yeah. I, I, I pulled him out of the game. We, we walked over to see Abby's game and Abby wasn't playing. So we just kind of sat there and he was bummed because he, he wanted to go back out on the field. But I said to him, I was like, yeah, we really can't. Like you just, you just puked on the field. Um, I don't know if the other parents would really appreciate if you stayed on the field, if, if you had something that was, we, we chalked it up. It was probably um, something he ate. Just didn't agree with them. It happens. Pickle, like pickles and garlic or some <laughs> shit. Whatever. Pickles and onions. He's like, I, I don't know what it was. I just went to Abby's lunchbox and yeah. took his snack, and then the next thing you know, I'm blowing chunks on the field. Yeah. No, Wario packed his snack lunch that morning, so he's just like, oh, what's <laughs> this? Um, no, yeah, he. He uh, he he was feeling much better afterwards, and that's the thing about kids. And a parent actually said this to me. It says is talking to me about it, and you know, I'm, she overheard me saying, "No, you can't go back on the field." She's like, "Something about kids. They just they're not feeling well. They get it up, and they're right back at it." I'm like, "Yeah, he is. Not every kid is like that." Uh, but Caden, when like he's like when he's not sick, but he just has an upset stomach, he will get sick, and he'll be like, "Yep, yeah, I'm good to go." But if he's sick and it's a symptom, like him puking is a symptom of him being sick, he's not too happy about it. But uh, yeah, no, he uh, he was he was excited to go back to soccer the next week, puke free. So that worked out. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's just uh, like it's it's hitting us like this morning. You know, we're recording on a Thursday. School's out. Like school's done, and. I don't think the kids have been in school like this is their first sort of entry into summer break because um, Caden did virtual last year. Abby, this is her first year of school. It's the first year they're taking the bus, the first year they're at school all week, um, you know, and entering the the season of summer for them, summer break. Like, it, I don't think it's quite hit them yet, but I'd ask them today, like, you guys excited you're on summer break? Like, yeah, yeah, we're excited, we're excited. But it's like, no, I don't think you guys are understanding this. Like, you are off school. You've been going to school. You've been complaining about going to school because I think they were done, like, as of a few weeks ago. They were both itching to be done with school. And now that they are, they're just, they're just, uh, they're just excited to to see what we're going to do this summer. And um, I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of really great stories as we continue to discuss the diapers over the next couple of weeks. Caden just turns to you. He's like, it's summer. You're like, yeah, buddy, it's summer. He's like, let's hit the pool. You're like, uh, we have a pool. I mean, we've been over this before. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. I I remember it's just underground. Um, but, uh, uh, but yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm excited as well. I feel bad that we, um, 
Like Gwen doesn't doesn't have a. Any gap between day camp, like day camp starting next week and uh, on on Monday, so we have a three day weekend, um, and you know we need we need it for childcare. She's going to be off most of August, and with me and and, and stuff, and that's going to be great. But uh, I do I do feel bad because it's like yay, you know school's done. All right, go to day camp now. You know, like but I, I day camp will be all fun. Her school is pretty fun though too, man. They had an ice cream event, a chalk fest, all sorts of stuff. This where they where they all did chalk outside and decorated the schoolyard. Anyway, it's been uh, it's been good, uh, buddy. I, I'm excited for summer. I'm hoping our luck will turn around. And uh, next episode, hopefully, we will have some maybe some great listener feedback. People talking about their summer plans. Maybe they'll be talking about. Uh, uh, you know, they're aging children as they've grown up listening to the show, them, not their children. Uh, maybe they'll be talking about, maybe they'll be sending us uh, emails, sharing their own uh, uh, child sporting events and embarrassments that we can sh- read uh, or, or maybe their trash talk for their children. All of that. You can, you can send that to dad at tgistudios.com. Uh, we would love to have some email that we could read on the show. Uh, you can visit us on the web at tgistudios.com slash dad, D-A-D, Dungeons and Diapers. All our episodes are up there. And so if you wanted to understand the origins of Ryan's underground pool, you can go right back to the beginning and get get it all there. Uh, and finally, we are individuals. Uh, and you can follow us individually on the Twitter I am at Croft and Steers. Ryan is at R. Murphy. The show is at D&D Cast. And if you follow the show, that's when you'll know when a new episode drops. So that's going to do it for this episode of Dungeons and Diapers. Have a great a couple of weeks, everyone. And we will see you in the summer. Yay! Summer. Some spring break! No, Wait, that's summer. Summer break. Summer vacation! It doesn't chant the same way, Ryan. No. But uh, school's out for summer. I don't know if you played that song today. School's out for summer. No, I didn't, but I should. I know. I should have as well. Uh, All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. 